Hey guys, welcome to Not Just a Hashtag Podcast, presented by Trees of Hope. I'm your host, Nicole Escobar. On this podcast, we will be discussing the epidemic of sexual abuse, its realities, and the unfiltered ways in which it has affected all of our lives. We share our personal stories and how our lives have been restored. While this podcast is for everyone, we do want to let you know that we use several trigger words, and this is geared more towards adult audiences. This podcast is for anyone who wants to educate themselves on the statistics behind sexual abuse, signs to look out for, and how to prevent it from happening. So let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 59 of the Not Just a Hashtag podcast. I am Nicole Escobar, your host. And as always, I'm here with Kristen Torres, the mental health counselor for Trees of Hope. How are you doing? Good, good. So good to see you, Nicole. So good to see you too. I am very happy to be back. I feel like we don't see each other, but then I'm like, wait, it was just a month ago that I saw you. <laughs> no, so, life special. is that way, right? <laughs> I know it definitely is so, so busy. Um, but today I wanted to last month and the month before we had like a little bit of a heavier content. And so this month I wanted to do something a little bit lighter, especially going into the summer and just something to encourage our listeners, especially those who are questioning if now is the time for them to walk through healing. And so I'm specifically doing this in the this month because um, we have healing groups set starting August 1st. And so I really, really, really want to encourage you, if you live in the South Florida area, especially Boca, please, please get into the upcoming group. It is with our uh, facilitator who's been with us for over 10 years. Her name is Sue Kogel. Anyone that has gone through healing study with her would know she's amazing. She is the most understanding, awesome woman. She becomes a mentor to these women after. And honestly, women take the group over and over, um, no more than three times, but uh, over and over because they get so much out of it. And each time something new is revealed to them. And so I can attest, I've walked through healing with her. She's amazing. So, but That's again, beautiful. it's nothing to do with her. It has to do with God and just the Holy Spirit moving through her. And when, you know, as a facilitator, when you allow that, when you allow God to do what he does and you do only what you need to do, which is show up, powerful things happen in those groups. So just strongly encourage that. So today I want to talk about how to have a successful mindset. So I wanted to do this episode specifically because many survivors struggle with self-talk or limiting beliefs about what they can or can't do, how they will heal, and if even if they'll heal at all. So I wanted to do this episode in hopes of giving you some tips or encouragement on making yourself a priority and encouraging yourself when no one else will, that you are worth walking through healing. So just a little disclaimer, I heard these tips when I was on a run one day, listening to my Peloton outdoor app. So a lot of these are not original ideas, but they are my original words. And I changed a lot of the analogies from he was referring to running a marathon and I changed a lot of them to uh, walking through healing. But to be, as I was re-listening to it yesterday on a run, I was thinking, my gosh, sexual abuse healing is like running a marathon because Mm -hmm. 
it, it is like running a race. You know, there's so many similarities of training, of putting the hard work in, of dedicating your time, of having um, really hard times and really easy times. You know, there's times where you're on a run and all of a sudden, you know, you're breezing through everything. Then there's other times you go out for a run and nothing's working. Your body's aching. You don't want to do it. You want to give up. So it's really having that disciplined mind and willingness to keep pushing forward even through the pain and the and the suffering so let's get to it we've got um let's see here we've got seven points to get through so the first one is attitude so to me attitude is everything there was a quote that was said uh, that i heard one day it was attitude determines your altitude so are you a pessimist or are you an optimist do you expect the best? Do you expect the good? Do you focus on what is good rather than what is bad? So attitude influences how we act and how we feel. And attitude is something that really can't be affected by the challenges that we face day to day. If you look at things and say, hey, how can I be positive about this situation? I'm sure no matter what the situation is, you can come up with something. Maybe even take inventory over your whole body and ask yourself, where am I tensing up? Because a lot of times um, our negativity or how we feel about a certain situation will be found in our body. And a lot of times, if you're anything like me, your emotions will be seen in your face. So if you're negative, if you're if you're feeling anxiety or unsure about something, you may have a very negative looking face. And so if your face is tense, sure. your mind is definitely going to be tense. So you want to ask yourself questions like when we talk about healing from sexual abuse, um, you want to ask yourself questions like, what is my attitude towards this? Do I believe I can heal? And do I believe that I'm worthy of healing? These are all questions that survivors have to wrestle with at some point. Right. And so when we start our class, when we start our group study, we always ask this question and it's important for you to write down your answer and to understand, you know, where, where are you at? And it's okay if right now you're negative about it, but it's how do we change those negative thoughts and turn them into positive thoughts? So just a real quick example, um, I'm going to use this example throughout because I just had a major thing happen to me uh, this week where I had to be a part of this major speaking engagement. And I, I brought my dad with me um, because he truly is like my biggest cheerleader. And I was getting really nervous. And I was like, and doing that, like, um, like, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't catch my breath. And my yes. dad was like, stay calm. You've got this. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know I got it. And so some of the things I was doing is I kept visually watching myself walk in with my head held high successfully. But what kept creeping into my mind was, oh my God, what if I trip? I haven't worn heels in a really long time. So what if I trip? So I voiced that out loud. And my dad was like, in his New York accent, why are you focusing on the negative? And I was like, um, he goes, how about you see yourself walking in, owning the room and basically being like, I'm here. What? Like kind of thing. Like, and I was like, that's true. And the minute he said, why are you focusing on the negative? As embarrassing as it was in that moment, I was like, you are though. Why are you doing that? Like this, you're going to succeed. Let's go. 
And so, and I did, I, I succeeded so well and I was so proud of myself after, but I had to do a lot of self-talk and I had to change my attitude. Um, and there was moments prior to going in where I was like, I don't even know why they're asking me to be there. I'm not the, I'm not the uh, professional. I'm not the one that they need to talk to. And so those were self-limiting beliefs that if I allowed to keep going in my mind, I wouldn't have had this amazing opportunity to do what I ended up doing in the end that really blessed mm -hmm. me. And I think a lot of other people. So mm -hmm. we got to watch our attitude towards ourself, towards our situation and towards other people. Yeah, that's really, really good, Nicole. And I think that um, it's, you know, a lot of times our attitudes are, are very much shaped by how we grow up, right? And how, what we see um, in our caretakers, like what they say to us and so forth. We learn a lot of it growing up, bottom line. And so for some of you guys, I think you may, you know, this may be a simple kind of switch. Like, oh yeah, that's true. I need to work on that and I can, and I can change that. And I've had a better attitude before and so forth. You know, it could be a simple switch for some people. I think it may be so deeply ingrained. It is hard for you to even imagine having a different attitude. And so we just want to kind of, I think, acknowledge that too, that, you know, you may, everyone's going to be coming from a different place with this. So if this is something that's really hard for you, maybe it's more of asking yourself to a question of like, Okay, so if I have really doubted, I have doubted that I can heal, could I possibly believe, could I let in a possible, even if it's a like 5% chance that I could heal, like, could I possibly shift my attitude just a little bit, right? Could I possibly let in a little bit of light or a little bit of hope? you know, for the situation, that kind of thing. And that's what I would probably encourage you to do is see if you can shift it just a little bit. You may not go all the way toward like, it's going to be awesome. And this is going to happen for me. And it's going to be so amazing on the other end of things. Like your, your attitude may not shift all the way like that, but even a little bit of a shift, like, you know what? Healing may actually be possible for me. Maybe the, the biggest shift that you can do. And that, that, um, we can work with that. Healing can happen with that change can happen with that you know but we have to have a little bit of possibility in there otherwise oh, yeah. it'll keep you stuck it can change everything and and actually yeah. you as you were saying that i'm also wanting to to reach out to the person who might be afraid to come because they may think i may not get along i don't want to share my story with these other girls they may not understand my story or if they get a counselor this person may not understand me we're probably not going to get along um i mean i could go through a gazillion different ex uh, things that I have said to myself about walking into a large group. You know, what if no one likes me there? What if I don't get along with anyone? What if everyone laughs at my story? What if, and then it's never, ever what I think is going to happen. Like going back to this example, I was afraid that because I wasn't allowed to walk into the uh, presenting room until I, until I presented and so I didn't know how many people were in the room. I didn't know what the vibe was of the room. And I told myself there was 50 people in the room. I told myself that the vibe was very tense. Everyone was uptight. No, everyone's going to be looking at me like, oh, this girl. And I was like, no, 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 no. And, and then when before I walked in, 
it was very relaxed. Everyone was very warm, very welcoming, extremely excited and happy that I was there. Like it was never anything that I had preconceived in my mind. And, and if we let our thoughts just run rampant without giving ourselves a little opportunity to take a step back and say, hold on, but what could, but what if I connect well with girls? What if I make some good friends, like lifelong friendships? What if, what if like, let's say for instance, I share my story and someone else in the room has gone through something similar and they didn't know that that was sexual abuse. Like what if, so it's having that little sparkle, little, little baby hope in your heart and allowing that to supersede the negativity. Yeah, that's really good. All right. So number two is control. So there's a lot of things that we cannot control in our life. I mean, if you are above the age of like two years old, you know that at this point that you cannot control a lot of different things. So if we focus on what we can't control, we're, or sorry, what we can control, we will be more successful in life or in whatever it is that we're doing. And specifically in, in our healing journey, right? We can't control our abuser and how they respond. We can't control how our family responds to our walking through healing or our, um, our story. They, we can't control any of it. We can't even control how people interpret us, right? We can only control ourselves. So in every situation, try and stop yourself and ask yourself, what is in my control and what is out of my control in this situation? And going back to my example, I had to do that. Um, So I had no control over how people perceived me when I walked into the room or how I responded. What I had control over is my emotions. And how I, my perception and how I perceived myself before I walked into the room. So, um, you know, emotions for the most part are going to be what we have control over. And so when it comes to healing from sexual abuse, you are in control of how much effort you put into your healing. You're in control of what type of healing you go through. You're not in control how much you actually heal or what God does with your story. So if I would have, if I would have been in control of my story and how God was going to use it, I would never have been the executive director of Trees of Hope. I would never have even thought of speaking in public. I would never, I would have had so many limiting beliefs about where that was going to take me or what God was going to do. But thank God he's in control. And so the minute I uttered the words, I was set free. So that was in my control. I was able to utter it. And then from there, God used me to take this shy, you know, about this specific topic. I was very shy, very uh, reserved, very private, and almost, you know, turned me into a blossoming flower to where I now share it, you know, whenever it's necessary. And, and also I now know who God is as a loving father, as a, a great physician, as a healer. And I can attest to that with great, great uh, confidence and then use that to comfort others. 
and to give others hope in our in my story. But how it touches those people, how they respond is not up to me. It's up to them. Yep, totally agree. And I think um, this is such a significant um, concept or such a significant issue. I think especially when you have been a survivor of sexual abuse and trauma, um, control is a big, big thing your inclination, your natural inclination is likely to want to control every situation as much as you possibly can. Um, but as we go through the years and trying to live that way, we realize it is, it doesn't work. It does not work. Right. And we end up hurting other people, hurting relationships, potentially that kind of thing, or even opportunities and probably ourselves as well. So Nicole, like there's so much wisdom in just going to something that you had said right at the beginning about control with you know, is really to look at things and say, what do I have control over? What do I not have control over? And work toward accepting that. And part of the accepting that is to focus on the things that you actually have control over, you know, as opposed to all the things that you don't. Right. Because a lot of times we spend time worrying and thinking and obsessing about all the things we don't have control over. Right. And then we end up feeling disempowered and we want to just give up. But if we focus on the things we actually do have control over, it's very empowering. It's probably much, many, much less, right, than the list of all the things we have no control over. But boy, is it, it's, it's empowering. Yeah. And I, you just reminded me of a quote that my pastor said, which I'm assuming he got it from somebody else because I believe he said this is a quote. Um, Life is 90% of how you respond to what happens to you and 10% of what happens to you right? Like we have that, that says the greater piece of the pie of what our control levels are is over our, is over our, um, perspective, our attitude, our emotions yes. towards the situation sure. and our, um, is how we, is how we respond to what is happening to us. Right. And, you know, not, not to put anything on people, but this is a big conviction of my, my own is I'm a Christian. And, you know, I hear a lot like, like, you know, we should be the strong tower. We should be the, the pillars of strength and all that stuff. I finally have told myself, don't worry about that girl. Like if you crumble, let people see your humanity. And I believe when they see that you are struggling through something that you will be you will have a better testament for who God is because for example, um, you know, I like say things that are so dumb sometimes to people who are not Christians. Like, and I go to myself, why did you do that? Like, why did you let them see that you don't have faith right now? Like, I'll say something like, I feel so, uh, I'm really struggling with my faith right now because this specific situation is going the way that it is. And it's, it's taking me to my limit and um, that person will respond back to me, which they have and said, you know, you need to, you need to wrestle this over with God. And I was thinking this person is, is, isn't even a Christian. And they just said that to me. And I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. And then when I walk away, I'm like, so embarrassed. But what God confirmed in my heart is it's okay to be human because if you had it all together and you had all the right responses, you would not need me. So when you tell people that you're feeling faithless, 
you're being a broken and contrite spirit. You're just being honest, but I don't leave it there. I have in the past and I, with this person, I've gone back to them and I said, so the other day you like, I said that thing about being faithless. And then you told me to go reconcile it with God or wrestle it over with God. And I have to be honest that thank you. Thank you for telling me that. Like I needed to go before the Lord and and really do exactly what you said. And um, I did that. And so I'm feeling much better about it. And not because my own strength, but because I'm leaning into his strength. And that's the truth. It is the truth. Yeah. Like I can't do this life on my own. And I've never yeah. realized more than any time in my life than having children is, um, it, you know, God's strength is what gets me going. My own strength is fading moment by moment. <laughs> Which also Absolutely right. fades my control ability. Yes. Yeah, so true, right? No, oh, that's so true. And I think that that, you know, that that surrendered <clears throat> position of surrender and trust, right? Like the acknowledgement that we don't have it all together, we can't, and we need um we need help, we need support, right? It's just a beautiful place to live from you know, acknowledging this is what I can do. And there's a whole lot that I can't do, but yet God is with me. He is for me and he does not expect me to be perfect. And we need to get that deep down Christian, not Christian. Yeah. Cause I think the believer needs to get that yeah. almost sometimes more than the non-believer. Cause sometimes when we become a Christian, yeah. we are like, okay. And then all of a sudden I got to live this certain way. And you know, I, I mean, I don't know how to say this without just saying it, but if you wanted to just live completely however you want, God would still love you, right? But when you are a Christian and you choose to live in obedience to what God has called of you as a Christian, it becomes an act of faith on your part. And it also really reflects what you truly believe. So it would be like me walking around saying I'm a married person and me being a single person living and sleeping and um, having um, promiscuous sex with all kinds of people. If if I'm a married person, there's certain acts and there's certain things that I do as a married person that qualify me to be a married person, right? So I think the same yeah. would apply if you're a Christian, you don't desire to just do whatever you want to be obedient to who God is. And, yeah. and you want to be accountable, like you want to tell the truth. You want to act in a way that shows conviction. You want to, you know, honor God. You want to be obedient when he's called you to, to surrender something. You want to let go of certain lifestyles in your life, right? Um, but it may take time. You're not going to be perfect. Remember, God changes hearts before he changes behaviors. Yeah, 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 that's good. All right. So that bullet brings us to point number three, which is belief. If we don't believe in ourselves, who is going to do it? We have to become our greatest advocate and we have to become the greatest advocate of what we need and what we deserve. Self-limiting beliefs lead to self-limiting behaviors and self-maximizing beliefs lead to self-maximizing behaviors. So be cognizant of what you believe. If you believe that you will never heal, you won't heal. If you believe that healing is possible and that your story can be used for something greater, then you will be more encouraged to keep going when things start to get hard. So the best way that I can give this example of how this became true to me was when I was 
pregnant with my son. I went to my doctor and I told her I wanted to do a C-section like right off the bat. And she told me, no, you don't want to do that. You want to, you want to do it naturally. And I was like, no, I don't. I want to do a C-section. And she was like, no, you don't. You're young. Da da da. You want to do a natural. So what ended up happening is I did do a C-section, but that was only through an emergency. But the entire time I tried to convince myself that I could do a natural birth, but I never once believed it for a second, never. So when that day came and I started to go into contractions, they were medical contractions. So they were way more intense. It was, you know, horrible. I was in there for 50 hours, no joke of labor. Um, all the, I was like, you're a faker, you're a faker. You, you know, I wasn't believing it to be true. I was just trying to convince myself, like, you got this girl, you're so strong, you're so brave. No, I never once believed it for one second that I could do it. I, I knew I couldn't do it. Mm. And to be honest, when he, when they did cut me open, she, she came to me after and she goes, thank God we ended up doing a C-section because he would never have fit. And I was like, told you, like, I was like, I told you, I know myself, but wow. you know, our belief is really, really important. And our belief in ourselves, you know, I've run marathons before and every single marathon before I go to run, I will say to myself, I believe you can do this. And I, I believe it to be true. But one of the ways that builds that belief is through consistently showing up. So for healing, you know, consistently going to the group, consistently reading your book, consistently answering the questions and doing the homework. If you have a counselor, consistently meeting with your counselor um, until you become confident of, I know God is going to, I know I've seen him work through this problem. I know he's going to keep doing, he's not leaving me. He's not forsaking me. I can trust this process. So in other words, allowing your actions to um, speak to your, be consistent with your beliefs. Yeah, that's what you were saying too. Yeah, and I I agree with you there, because I think sometimes too we get in we can get into these patterns of really lying to ourselves, right? Like kind of like you were talking about earlier, like trying to so to speak psych yourself out for something, or psych yourself up for something, and um, all the while you don't believe it. And so sometimes it it takes time to pull back those layers to realize that's what you're doing, but. Um, that's why I think it's important to like this whole healing process too is it's so important to be done with others, whether it is that counselor, whether it is the healing groups, whatever it is, like you really need, it's really important that we allow other people to speak into our stories and speak into our lives, other trusted people, you know, to do that. It's really important. We can't go it alone because I think a lot of times when we're just nope, it's only me. It's only me forever. I won't trust anybody else or I won't let anyone else hear this or speak into this. Then we can more easily get caught up in lying to ourselves. Oh, so true. Right? Because we have no outside perspective. And so we're going to be much more susceptible to that. But if we have some some people or a person that we trust speaking into our situation, then we'll probably have a better, likely have a better balance. Yes. You know, how we're seeing things and be able to see those little, those ways in which we do, right? Lie to ourselves 
so forth. So anyhow, but I also think the actions part is really good too, Nicole. There's the showing up, right? Yeah. If you believe something, have the actions follow up with it. They need to be tied together. Oh, good one. Good one. And yeah, Mm -hmm. that was, you know, I think what it was specifically for giving birth is um, there was nothing to give me an example of what I was going to be feeling and what it would be comparable to. So when it came down to it, like it was like I was hyping up and and truly it was super duper painful, but I was basically like the I was entering the unknown with a C-section. If you've had a surgery before, you know, you can you can work through the pain, like either through pain medication or the medication, not pain medication or like Advil or whatever, um, you know, you can work through it. Right. So there's no there was no uh, practicing in the in the yes. middle sure so yeah. yeah they talk about braxton hicks um contractions but i never got uh, not even a single one and i was begging god for them i was like please god i'm begging you so i know what it feels like nothing mm. so you know um yeah i think you're exactly right is is the action needs to align with what you believe what yeah. what your yeah what your belief is when it comes to how this thing is going to turn out well, and, and here's for anybody who's sitting there thinking like, well, I'm not there yet. I don't believe I can heal or whatever it is. Listen, talk with someone that you do trust or you feel safe with and talk through what your fears are, what your resistance may be, you know, to it. Um, because there may be a lot of them or, or maybe there may be just one in particular, but you probably need someone else speaking into your situation or your story. Yeah. You know, stinking thinking continues when we don't have somebody who's willing to go, you're, you're doing, you're, you're too negative on this topic. I have, you know, a friend that, you know, I think I've shared on this podcast before that is tends to go to the negative and every time it's gotten better, way better. But lately I'm, I'm just saying it like, Hey, I think you're, you're going too negative on this. And they may hate me for it. They may love me for it. But I just, my hope is that you got to get out. You've got to get out of the negative thoughts. If the negative thoughts are, if they're too much, if they're, if you're spinning out of control and you don't know how to stop them yourself, having a good friend come alongside you and be like, this is, it's toxic thinking. It's not healthy. It's not helping you. And that person for me is my husband. He always will tell me, you're thinking too much on this topic. You're overdoing it. You're spinning out of control. Let's move on. Right. And, and in the moment it's embarrassing, but when I humble my heart, I'm like, I'm really appreciative. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for pointing that out. (laughs) That's right. And sometimes that gets you unstuck, right? Yeah. So, uh, okay. Number four is voice. So what voice do we listen to? What do we take in rather than deflect the most important voice that's going to ever be in talking to you is going to be your own. And this is why I really, really strongly encourage you to go through healing, but also to really take in positive affirmations. And if you're a Christian, go to the Bible for what God says about you and who you are and how he sees you and use those as positive affirmations, right? So I am healed. I am uh, redeemed. I am forgiven. 
I am clean. I am new in Christ or whatever it is that makes you feel strong. Um, and, and really start to ask yourself, what am I telling myself? So back to the example of the scary event that I had the other day before, when I was preparing for it, I, you know, I did my due diligence to prep my speech in the mirror. I prepped it with my husband and while I was getting rest, I'm getting ready. I did things that, you know, probably are like a little weird, but I would pounce my chest and said, I am brave. I am strong. I can do this. You, this takes courage. And I went to my husband and I was like, you know, I said, what is courage? Cause a lot of times we think of courage as just being like strong or somebody who like does, you know, is, is not afraid. And my husband said, courage is when you show up, even if you're afraid. And so I want to be known as somebody who's courageous because, Mm -hmm. and I don't mind telling people I'm very afraid right now, but I'm showing up anyways, because I know that this will make an impact, whatever it is. And so when you think about your healing journey, you know, are you courageous for yourself? Are you, are you will, because it is courageous to walk through healing. It is courageous to stop the generational continued cycle of problems that are going to be in your, that are probably in your family, right? The toxicity, the lack of communication, the dysfunction, it is courageous. And if it were easy, more people would do it, but it's not easy. Right. right. So it's hugely courageous. Afraid yeah. if you have to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good, Nicole. And again, that's where that, you know, the other people, we need other people because sometimes you need someone else to say like, listen, I'm with you. I believe in you. You have this, like you are not alone in this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, and back to that example is I called my dad before I, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, these people invited me to do this thing. I have to, it was like a couple of days before. Um, I said, I'm so unprepared. I don't know who's going to be there. I don't know the audience. I'm not really sure of any of it. And, um, my dad started to go down the line of like, well, just don't get emotional. You don't want anyone seeing you cry. You know, you got to be strong. So I was like, I'm not going to be ashamed if I cry. I'm going to cry if I cry. I'm not going to put shame on me. And I think what it did in that moment was it sort of corrected like like boundary, bro, back off. (laughs) If I cry, (laughs) I'm going to cry, okay? And so what happened was he ended up going like down a whole like line of, you know, you, you know, listen, hold on. Let me just clarify what I'm saying. You wouldn't have gotten this far in life. You wouldn't have your master's degree. You wouldn't be the director if you were just an emotional mess. So that's not what I'm saying. If you need to cry, cry. If you got to cry, cry, get it out. But I just, you know, I believe in you. And he was like, I know you got this. No one else was made for this moment in time to do this thing, but you, Um, you got this. And I mean, even when we were driving, I was like, I was trying not to show any, fear or whatever, but I was deep breathing. So he, he kept saying all these things. And I finally had to say to him, dad, shut up. Like you're, I I got it. Okay. Now you're stressing me out because you're like, you're trying to hype me up too much. Um, so he's probably feeling nervous for you. Correct. And that's, and I realized (laughs) he was doing his own little thing. He was nervous and he, and I was just like, 
my energy really like that right now? Like, am I like, <laughs> like showing off some major tense energy, but you know, saying things to yourself, um, about, you know, if you are ready for healing, even if you're not, um, and you want to be, you, sometimes you have to hype yourself to get there. Right. Yeah. So you start with, I am brave or you start with God, make me brave, make me strong, make me that person I want to be and rely on God to be that for you. And I promise you, you humble yourself like that. God will meet you there because I, I, I prayed those prayers and the God that I serve, which is the God of the Bible, which is Jesus Christ showed up every single time for me, never let me down. Never let me crumble. Never let me be looking stupid up there. And, you know, and in walking through healing, I was so worried. I was so scared. I was so um, petrified of what was going to happen during this group study. You know, who's going to be there? What if I know someone? That whole thing. And he met me there and gave me a peace that surpassed all understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to we have to trust in God. We really do. And we have to let who he says that we are, you know, forgiven, healed, uh, a masterpiece, all those things be our, our leading voice in our heart and our mind. And we have to take ownership of the words that we say to ourselves and be willing to, um, push out the negative ones and stop them, you know, they can come in, but stop them and start speaking words of life to ourselves. And that may be a whole new thing because we may have grown up in a home where that wasn't the thing. And trust me, even though my dad is who he is now, he was not that way the whole time. And it, sometimes I have to be the weirdo, you know, screaming, you know, you got this girl, you let's go. Right. And like hyping myself up. And speaking words of life over myself because I didn't really, although my parents were wonderful in many ways, I didn't have that a hundred percent, right? Sure. And sure. so, um, you know, it is it has been said. I want to say a quote that um I heard, which is, it has been said that thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become habits, and habits become character, and character becomes your destiny. And so for me, I want my character to my destiny to be that I'm a woman of courage. She went even though she was afraid. She acted mm-hmm. although she was scared, poopless, you know, <laughs> the, yeah. the word, um, although yeah. she wanted to die, she, she showed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's, there's something tremendously, again, that word I was using before empowering about that too showing up even when you're afraid doing that thing even when you're afraid it's different when we're talking about things that can actually harm us um or that are unsafe for us that we shouldn't be doing that's a different thing but there is a lot there are a lot of things in life that are going to be scary or uncomfortable or anxiety producing for us that are probably going to be really good for us that it would benefit us to push through and show up and do Mm mm-hmm yeah, so, in fact, it's good. I do love that you said that because we don't want to get into risky behavior and just shoot caution to the wind here. That's not what I'm referring to. Yeah, be when you've got that check in your spirit to not do something because for some reason 
um, I actually was just reading a section of the Bible about this story where it was similar to this, where it was basically God told this man of God to go do something. And he went and did it. And then as he was leaving the city, he was told to not talk to anyone and just leave the city, not the same way he came in. And as he was leaving the not the same way he came in, a prophet, an old prophet came up to him and said, well, God didn't tell you that. What God told me to tell you was that you can come home with me. And that guy lied. He lied. But the truth is this guy, man of God, went home with him. So what he did was he did not listen to God. He put he pushed off what God had told him and basically said, oh, well, the sto- it may have changed. And the lesson that I learned from that was that we have to ask ourselves, what did God tell me to do, right? If God mm-hmm. tells you to tell the truth, if God tells you to break up with this person, if God tells you to stop with this addiction or to, you know, stop looking at pornography or stop using this drug or whatever it is. Um, God does not contradict his spirit. So he will not go against, like all of a sudden be like, no, keep doing it. Like tomorrow, right. even if your friends- Never mind. Yeah, cha- right. yeah, change my mind. No, keep doing it. Actually, it's good for you. No, so that's why we have to know the, we have to know the word ourselves. We have to know God's voice ourselves, and not let people tell us what God is telling, what God, what they think God should be telling or God is telling us. Like we need to know who God is, his voice for ourselves. Yeah. 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 He's not the author of confusion. He's not going to try to confuse you, you know, and he's never going to contradict himself as far as what he says in scripture either. So everything should could, should confirm what one, one thing should confirm one another. That's right. the other thing too. If you have a what you think is it you know on this note a special instruction from the Lord that is contradictory to something in Scripture, then that there's a problem there. Absolutely, He's never, never going to contradict himself. Okay, number five is controlling your emotions. So this one hit me hard because I was like, oh gosh, I got to work on that more. Um, So when you think of healing from sexual abuse, there's going to always be times that you want to not deal with something in your life. And there are going to be times where you want to focus a lot of energy on something that honestly, it doesn't need that much energy. So being able to control your pace in your healing journey is very important. You don't want to go too fast. And you also don't want to go too slow. So what this could look like is if you get your book and you do your healing, um, you have your workbook, going too fast would be just answering the questions, not reading the chapter, not really sitting and dwelling and thinking about, okay, how did this really affect me? How does this affect me now? And what is my honest answer, right? It would just be doing the homework just to do the homework and have it done like a checklist. Going too slow is not really picking up your book, not really reading the chapters, um, and and showing up to class with no answers to anything, right? You don't want that either. So sure. you want to learn to control your emotions or they will control you. So mm-hmm. does fear and anxiety make sense, right? No. The, and, and if you have that, you want to start asking yourself, where is this coming from? So one of the ways is to push the fear, to push your fear away is to continue to work at it, right? So what's causing the fear? So for me, in that example I've been referring to is is um public speaking, is being is presenting in front of a bunch of people that I don't know. 
And so what's the fear? What's is is it a rational fear or is it irrational? Well, it's an irrational fear when I break it down because ultimately it's about the fact that how will these people perceive me? Are they going to think poorly of me? And although that's it's um it it has a point. It shouldn't be my main reason why I'm afraid, right? Because the bigger things are they're going to learn something from me. They're going to take Uh, some nuggets of information away. And ultimately, if it's about preventing sexual abuse, their children are going to be safer and they're going to be, they're going to be better parents for it. So that type of stuff, I should be really like, I can't wait to get out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, we have to look at our fears. It is, it is very true and ask those questions, right. And get help when we need it to, because fear is one of those things too, that can create creep up in all kinds of ways can drive a lot of our decisions. And again, particularly if you have a background of, as you know, a lot of people probably listening, right. We're talking about sexual abuse and you have experienced trauma. Mm-hmm. So with that background of trauma, then fear can become such a driving force in your life. So I think it's, it's, please talk about it. Please be willing to look at it and don't go it alone. Yeah. And, and everybody has fears, even the strongest of person. We've talked about this. It's oh, yeah. showing up afraid, yeah. right? Yeah, so, um, so, you know, ask yourself when you're thinking about walking through healing, are you afraid of what will happen if you walk through healing? Um, and if you are, what is one thing you can start doing today to create, uh, to, to eliminate that fear? So one of the things that you could do is put your name on the uh, registration, right? You're not there yet. Got a month, a couple of months away. So we're not there yet. Maybe the next step is in two, three weeks, you buy your book. Okay. The next step is the facilitator always calls all participants, take that phone call. Right. And then from there, if you are still super afraid and you don't want to go, maybe that facilitator, Sue, she will be that voice of reason or a voice of encouragement for you. So she might be what exactly what you need. And if you're still afraid, then, you know, maybe that's when you, you back out, but I would encourage you to push forward even though, because if you show up and you, and you just go the one night, you know, you've really proven to yourself like, okay, look, this, that was really courageous. Like I did, I did all of these steps and very honestly, that's why I have all these steps for people to do because I'm trying to build courage for you. Yeah, Cause I know that's really good. We struggle mm-hmm. with courage to get into these groups. So might as well yeah. give you a few steps that can build that strength for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think remember too, Nicole, like you would probably agree with this statement, I think, is that everyone's showing up to some degree afraid that first night. A hundred percent. Everybody. Everybody. I don't care who you are, the most seasoned person in the world. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Okay. The last two is uh, we're going to go through these sort of quick. The uh, number six is comfortable with being uncomfortable. So everyone who goes through healing is going to be uncomfortable. I don't care who they are. We've talked about this. Just learn to deal with what makes you uncomfortable, right? And then the last one is being present. So we must be present in order to win and to heal. And pressure is created by what is to come. And 
pressure is also created is in what has happened to us in the past. So we have to learn to look at the past, address it, deal with it, and prepare ourselves for the future and be in the present, right? Not put a lot of pressure on ourselves to focus too much on the past, although there will be guided questions that that make you have to confront that, those issues. But recognize that while you're doing that, you're preparing for the future. But it's very important that you give yourself space to go, I'm here now. I'm safe now. I'm dealing with this now. I'm not going to worry too much about how healed I am going to be or what what the outcome of this class or this group is going to be. I'm going to be really focused on what God is doing right now with this content, with this chapter right now. That's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So I really hope that you got a lot out of these. Uh, Trust me, these can be used for anything, for anything. Like, you know, like I said, I I use this when I was preparing for this. I was like, thank you, God, that I was I prepared for this recording and then did the this this major event in my life. And I, I, I was like, wow, you really allowed me to feel all these things again um, because I'm. I needed to get, I needed the courage. I was so afraid. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I was able to come back to this outline and write how God did certain things because now I'm like, okay, I see what you were doing there, you know, um, and making me brave and making me strong. So thank you, God. And so appreciate you guys. Thank you for being a listener. Thank you for always coming here and listening. Um, as you may have noticed that our schedule has been a little off. We, we used to be in the beginning of the month and now we're going to be sort of in the end. Um, the reason just for that change is life is happening. And as most of you know, I'm a mom now of two kids and it's just a lot to balance with Kristen's schedule as well. So please just know that we're not trying to be disorganized or all over the place. Uh, we're trying to be as consistent as possible because I know a lot of us need that consistency in our life. And so I say that with um, the the heart of should you see a switch in the schedule, it's only because of that, but we will try our very best to keep it consistent. Thank you for all you do, Nicole. You as well, Kristen. Thank you so much for being here. Love you guys. See you next month. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe even consider rating the podcast or share it with one of your friends. It really makes all the difference. For more content from Trees of Hope and to connect with us, go to treesofhope.org. We love you. Bye.